0: On today's episode, the founder of an Oregon-Portland-based direct-to-consumer brand called Finlay Hats shares how he built and nurtured a rock-solid community of 100,000 fans, advocates, and collectors of their patented customizable hats. This is an episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned.
1: Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade.
2: We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic.
1: These insights will help you consistently 2X growth in specific areas of your direct to consumer brand. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kuhnle Campbell.
0: The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business by taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklyn None, Non and Choppies build your customer list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2x e commerce podcast for a full month trial. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2x e commerce podcast show. And I'm your host, Kune Campbell. This is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. Growth stories, growth stories. You know, I love stories. And on today's episode, we have a phenomenal growth story. They are a brand I have pretty much, you know, um, followed. I think it was on LinkedIn or Twitter, but I have followed and, you know, um, respected the, the brand from a distance because I, I, I felt and I've known that um, there's, it's a very community driven brand. And so I just used. To, there are a few brands that come to mind. You know, when you're talking about the whole Shopify space, the direct to consumer space that have been bootstrapped, and and this is one of them. Well, um, I have Jimmy, who's the co-founder of Finlay Hats, and and they're a community-driven, um, you know, hat company essentially selling direct to consumer, and they've been around for I think eight years. And um, today we want to kind of explore how important community is in on one-to-one communication with your community in, in actually building you know, a brand out you know, um, long-term. So without further ado, I'd like to, to welcome Jimmy to the show. Welcome, Jimmy.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Fantastic. No, it's a pleasure to, to have you on here. Um, I probably haven't done you sufficient justice in introduction. Could <laughs> you take a minute or two to introduce yourself and Fede Lehat?
2: Yeah. So my name is Jimmy uh, Finley Hickey and uh, I run Finley Hats. We are a hat company based out of beautiful Portland, Oregon, who's recently been making headlines for uh, some interesting reasons with our our protests here. It is a a great little city filled with good people and... uh, Really happy to be in the Pacific Northwest and represent Cascadia. Uh, We make hats that are built for good times. And unlike anything else on the planet, all of our hats have a patented stampede lace on the front of them right there for the video viewers. Uh, This lace can be tied in different styles. You can use it. uh, You can mix and match. Match your outfit. Match your shoes. Tie it in different styles. Different wood clips. Give it a different look each day. But most importantly, that lace, we say it's built for good times with a simple... Little untie job there. Boom, boom. The lace can also be brought down around your head Mm -hmm. to keep your hat on your head through good times. So next time you're out there on the water, sticking your head out of your limo, jumping out of helicopters, (laughs) all that good stuff. The hat's going to stay on your head through those good times. We also have a hidden stash pocket inside all of our hats right there. Uh, it's in like in the the front crown of the hat. And then we also have a lifetime warranty. So if anything happens to the hat, we'll fix it or replace it for free. No questions asked. And uh, you'd be surprised at the amount of dogs that eat hats or um, <laughs> situations we run into. We get we get, uh, a handful of return or orders every day that have uh, some type of issue that we got to fix or replace. So um, um, a lot of hat companies out there don't, don't offer that. And we say, you know, we do it because... Uh, our hats are built for good times. You don't want people to be afraid of their hat getting damaged while doing that that good time, so. Are your are your hats made in in the USA? Uh, So they're finished right here in-house. The base hats are made overseas, either through our manufacturer or through a supplier in a couple different countries. Um, Mm -hmm. There's just no competitive hat manufacturing process in the United States. Some of the key components, there's not a single place that actually produces the the backing for the structure of the hat domestically. Mm -hmm. So even if you do make a hat in the United States, it's still outsourcing parts from other countries and at a cost that's significantly higher.
0: Uh, We'd I lo- loved it yeah i love the fact that you still finish them off you know um looking yeah so and, and we and do we do as services. many of
2: the steps as we can right here so while the the base hat is from a, our manufacturer we're still doing the embroidery we're, we're, we're still 10%. laser cutting the leather patches we're still adding all of the grommets we're still sublimating cutting sewing and installing the pockets so and we're doing a lot of steps i mean almost we have we have 15 employees here and uh, at least 12 of them are are pretty much all hands-on with production. So uh, compared to anyone in our space, I think we do as much or more than anyone else out there when it comes to production towards the the hat process. And since our hats have extra steps in them, most of our competitors don't even, you know, there's just steps that don't even exist for them. They just do the decoration and it goes out. So, you know, we it's, take it it's, in. it's incredible
0: how product focused your your team is or your company is and it's reflected in in the in the makeup of your team. You said 12 out of 15 of your employees uh, you know, involved in in production, so it really means you, you you take a lot of attention to detail in in the product. Um, yeah, two other absolutely. things, yeah. Two other things came to mind when you just um, you know um, talked introduced um, you know Day hats. One was a patent, um, and now I forget the second one. Um, the the second one was um, in regards to yeah. Let's start let's start out with the patents and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of you know bring bring the second point in. Um, when did you get the patent? In by the way, the hats look wonderful. Um, I love the innovation in terms of like the the aesthetics with the tie and the functionality with the rope. Um, that's really really clever. Um, so when did you start to think that um, you know you you will need a patent, or was that from day one?
2: So uh, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned we we led with the community aspect of it, and we have such a strong community because from day one we couldn't afford a, a patent or. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we didn't, we weren't, we weren't, uh, sure if, if, uh, a little grommet and a lace and, uh, wood clip would even be protected, um, you know, in that department. So, uh, a family friend who's an attorney, um, life lesson, anyone dealing with attorneys, I learned it from this guy. Anytime you ever talk with an attorney about anything legal, figure out if they're charging you for their, their time or not. Uh, always lead into the conversation with- Am I being you know, charged? Hey, I have a quick question. Are, are, am I being charged or what is your rate? I have a quick question for you. So learn, almost learned that one the hard way with that guy. And that was when I was a kid. Um, oh. I forget that. I think it was when, uh, I come from a photo background and I think I was talking about like uh copyright law and he I was like, he gave me like either way. Um, so I was talking with him and he's like, honestly, I, I'm not a, a patent attorney, but I, I don't think you can get a patent for that. So there's, a. Uh, um, you know that you you would you should probably plan and not be able to get it patented and, and uh figure out a solution around that, so that's where it kind of got the gear spinning like okay, so we do have this unique technology, but it might not be able to be actually like protected, so maybe the next move is just to build a community that will if anyone ever rips us off, our community will stand up for us and you know take down the competitor or, or make it just uh too uh, difficult to really get going because it's like clearly that that's our our thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that they would attack them and, you know, whatever, get them to hopefully stop stealing our thing. Uh, But luckily, we we were able to build a strong community. And we were able to get the patent. And we we started looking into the patent probably, I'd say a year or so into the brand existing. Mm -hmm. Um, A friend of a friend referred us to, to an attorney and I sat down with him and luckily he he's a photographer and I knew we kind of connected. He kind of, what he was talking about was at a level where I could trust him. And I kind of was like, okay, if I can trust him on something I know well about, I feel like I can trust him on something I don't know well about. And fast forward, it took like two or three years, probably over $10,000 now. Um, and uh, we finally we got the patent a couple of years ago. I got it right behind me in the.
0: <laughs> oh, congratulations! Wow. Nice one, final Yeah, okay. it's an achievement. It's an achievement for sure. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. process. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely big process. Okay, so, um, so, so let's rewind back to to eight years ago. Um, what was your why? What uh, What was the aha moment that you know got <laughs> you to say you know what? You know, um, this is I'm burning all bridges behind me, and this is what I'm going to do moving forward. Because it was eight years ago, um, it was quite quite some time. Um, so, so yeah, um, I'll be interested to to find out.
2: Uh, So, I mean, so again, I I come from a photo background and photography is super seasonal and it's a a difficult industry to be in. And I'm sure anyone in that that world can relate that it's saturated with too many people. The the entry point is too low. People aren't charging enough. I went to photo school and the only client that I ever had that actually paid what I was told to charge was Nike. Um, So, and every other client was, you know, other than like for senior portraits and things like that, it was just, it was tough to make a living with it. So Finley actually started more or less as a side project to stay busy through the the slower months of the the years and I had a couple different concepts a couple different ideas and the hack company was the one that kind of had the the most potential seemed to have the highest uh, growth uh, Opportunities. Um, it would yield uh, some good times affiliated with it by getting to you know still get photo stuff involved. I could still use my creative outlet. Um, so it seemed like it was the the move. And started you know no investors, no friends in high places. We just we uh, I had like fourteen hundred dollars or so in my bank account at the time, and we 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 bought and embroidered like eighty hats and got them set up and kind of it grew out from there. But that aha moment as far as to go all in didn't happen until probably later that, uh, late spring, early summer, uh, cause we were getting a handful of orders a day. You know, we would probably get two to five a day, sometimes zero, sometimes maybe 10. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd say later that, that spring, summertime, I was, I was back in the photo game kind of doing both. And I remember I was on a photo shoot, uh, taking senior portraits for a, a new coming high school senior. Maybe, um, and, that whole photo shoot, I remember. I was frustrated. I had to leave. Like I was in the middle of a project for Finley. Um, the whole photo shoot, I was just like, okay, you know, like when I'm done, I'm going to get 450 bucks. Like this is gonna, it's going to be okay. Like you know, I was just thinking about the money. I was just thinking about how I wanted to get back to Finley. I was not in the moment with my client and. I was. I remember at that point I was like, "Man, like I don't need to do this anymore." And so that was the point where I kind of I flipped from being Finley being a a part time thing with my girlfriend at the time, Sarah, who's still our co founder um, and still works here. To um, uh, like, okay, now I'm I'm all in, and that was just this. uh, I guess that aha moment was middle of a photo shoot, doing something, doing something else. Okay,
0: it's interesting. You're a co founder, so let's talk about Sarah. Um, why did she get interested? Was it, you know, um let, let let's let's just rewind. I, I just want to get a full context of, of how you built it before we jump into the marketing.
2: For sure. Um so from the so, so Sarah uh is really crafty. Uh she's always been a DIY. I think she has DIY or die tattooed on her. Um nice. <laughs> so she's yeah. So she's uh um you know, she's always had a creative outlet with with uh, you know, that side of things. And so from the very very early stages, she was uh, helping with uh, like the sewing, we did do a lot of beanies. We did apparel like, uh, like Western shirts. So she would stitch stuff together for that. Um, she would do our pockets. Um, So, yeah, I mean, from the early stages on, she was pretty much running our seamstress uh, department and then helping with uh, production. Uh, So shipping, packing orders, all that side of things. And then as the company's grown, she's gotten more and more niched into just our seamstress department. And now she runs our three-person seamstress department. So we do a lot of leather patches um, and that pretty much keeps them busy all day, every day. Incredible, 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 incredible. Okay, Um, so um, so,
0: so how did you... Get your first 1,000 customers.
2: Ooh, uh, we got our first 1,000 customers. I think a, a big piece of the early stages that helped us was from my photography background. Um, I networked with a lot of different action sports athletes, uh, a couple of people at the professional level, but a lot of people at the advanced amateur level. Mm-hmm. And through that, we were able to send care packages out and we were able to kind of grow in different little, uh, little cities and a handful of pacific northwest cities that have a hub of extreme sports athletes and and people we were kind of able to target those people um as friends i mean targeting sounds you know a little malicious but we just you know we wanted to send them some free hats and they wore our hats and then people in the town took notice and then it kind of snowballed from there our focus really early on was uh and i forget where where this this isn't you know uh unique to us it was Picked up in a book or from someone else, but you know we wanted to be the hometown hero before we could be a global brand. Okay. So we really focused on growing in the the local community. And it's interesting because uh, you know we're we're based out of Portland, but a lot of communities around us are a bigger hub for our customers than locally in Portland. And now we're we're trying to to push locally in Portland a little more aggressively because we're it's kind of a, a weird position to be in where we're, it's. We're we're based out of the Northwest and there's a lot of pride for this little corner of the United States. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to be seen as that Northwest brand that only sells Northwest themed stuff. So we don't, while we name stuff after places in our area, we don't necessarily use uh, graphics of like our mountains. And, and uh, we just don't want to be stuck as just seen as like, you know, that Portland brand.
0: You, you want to be a global, you still want to have a Portland heart, but a global brand like Nike, you know, um, is...
2: I think uh, yes, one yeah. one thousand percent that you
0: you, you yes. think about Poland or Orland, you think you think about um, what's it called Nike, but but you still you know Nike is just it's everywhere, right? Um, it's it's global. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So I mean, our first thousand customers really just just stemmed from Local. the the initial people reaching out locally, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it you know we started, we got our head on a few key people. No one like with you know tens of thousands of followers, no one huge and famous, but just a lot of you know people like that. And then like uh, the the other aspect of it is from a very early stage. And to this day, we still spend a lot of time directly engaging with, talking with, communicating, yeah. helping our community, our customers, our, our the Fiddly Force. And from day one, that's been a big piece of it. And that that involves going to someone's Instagram account and commenting on you know a couple of their photos and asking questions and saying, yeah. "Wow, that's a cool dog. What's its favorite food? What's it, what is its coolest trick?" Uh, so really, like starting a bunch of these small dialogues. And while you can't, you know, it's not easy to scale that with without scaling people to do that. Um, what that does is it, it it's just over time creates a you know pretty strong uh, connection with the brand and uh, something that you know I think we've had a lot of life customers from even from that first thousand like I know our very first customer is still you know a collector wow. to this day um, so yeah that's been a focus of it for a while is just that, that direct communication I think that also got us to that first thousand.
0: Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Is your e-commerce store powered by Magento, BigCommerce, Commerce Cloud, WooCommerce, or a custom cat platform? Is it slow? Does it have too many fields or involves too many steps to complete a purchase? Enter Enter. Bolt. Bolt. It's the fastest e-commerce checkouts in the industry, period. Bolt loads 10x faster than native checkouts with an average checkout duration of just over 30 seconds. Bolt is mobile native with no scroll on mobile screens. It offers a zero fraud guarantee and has has 42% fewer fields and native checkouts. Both support Stripe, Apple Pay, PayPal, and several more payment gateways and providers. Bolt helped luxury sunglasses brand Dita reduce checkout abandonment by 32%, which resulted in a 50% conversion rate uplift. Don't lose customers at checkout. Use Bolt. Bolt is offering a completely free bottom of funnel checkout audit to 2x e-commerce listeners. Head over to bolt.com forward slash 2x to get your free checkout audit now. That's BOLT.com. tcom
1: Forward
0: slash 2X. X, 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 X. So several conversations I've had, um, you know, many businesses have started with, or we we bought some Google ads, or we, you know, we tested with Facebook, or we, we ran a Kickstarter campaign. But yours is quite unique in the sense that you, um, it was, you know, um, it was pretty much hand-to-hand, <clears throat> it, was, it was one-to-one. Um, at a community base, you know, um, where your it was local, you knew the people who were actually purchasing your hats. Um, at the time, were you selling online at all, or was it you know pretty much um, you know selling um, uh, well be at the back of your your car, or you know selling from <laughs> a store, or selling from your warehouse, or selling from your house? What did it look like?
2: So it, we were we were running out of a living room at the time, so mm-hmm. uh, no storefront, no uh, warehouse, no. We had a, a handheld grommet press. Uh, and a sewing machine, and that was about it. And a bottle of glue um, for our uh, our process at the time. So it was all online, actually, from, from the very beginning. And uh, we started on Squarespace, and after about a year, year and a half, we switched to Shopify and haven't looked back from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, online from the beginning, day one has been so, so, all so, e-commerce. So
0: what, what kind of learnings did you carry over from um, you know the local you know one to one interactions and you know using you're pretty much using local influencers in the extreme sports space um, to, to influence you know um, you know people's desire and um, you know wants for 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 when they had for your brand essentially. Um, so, so what did you take away from you know the local quote unquote tests um, on online and, and um, when did you start you know um, reusing that um uh, to to an
2: online audience. Uh so I mean I think even from an early stage it was still kind of a mix of while we were you know a lot of our our hubs were growing around the uh the local people we had sent hats to or our friends or that side of things it was still mm-hmm. jumbled in with with a larger audience because we would send hats to people in in other areas as well. Um so I think it kind of a it from even early on, it was a mix of, of both local and global, um, or at least, you know, this continent. But I, I mean, it just, the, the strategy slowly evolved as we got more and more comfortable with it. Um, okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it it jumped from when we, like the focus didn't one day say, okay, now we're now that we've done well in, in this town and this town and this town, now let's look at, you know, these towns. It just kind of, it kind of naturally came as the the web of people who became aware of us spread out. Okay. Um there was no major shift, I think, on that okay. end. Just so, we learned more every day as we went.
0: Okay. So 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 as a brand has evolved, you know, over the years, um, what have been your primary ways, methods of acquiring customers? How do you gain um attention in um to to your target to, to your target market? Um to, to at least you know start to generate some interest and awareness top of funnel.
2: So, so uh, 2017 was the year that we actually really started dialing in our Facebook advertising um, platforms. I can dive into that, but prior to that, uh, we didn't really have you know a very strong advertising presence. We didn't really have a. Um, in a top of funnel strategy outside of just trying to build that community again. So I think we really, we really relied heavily on, you know, word of mouth on, uh, we would do contests, um, uh, we were partnered, or we not partnered. We actually, yeah, we've we've collaborated with a bunch of different uh, companies and brands and that side of things. So, through those collaborations, we would get our brand in front of new companies, new audience, and that side of things. So that would help us grow. Uh, we would sponsor events and just send you know a dozen free hats to a rock climbing competition or a skateboard event or a, a street festival. So. Um, that side of things helped us grow slowly. Um, and all of that stuff worked okay, but that was, that was, we were, you know, a four person team based out of a garage at that phase. And, you know, we were still averaging maybe five to 10 orders a day. Um, so, you know, like doing okay for, you know, the four of us and, and not, uh, but not, not a, a a scalable e-commerce brand. And again, our focus at that time was still really heavily on just like long-term, growth over immediate you know rewards from it and building a brand not a single product then um, we were still kind of ironing out our processes ironing out our equipment um, the first opportunity that really blew us up was um, and I'll, I'll just briefly touch on this but we ran into the first trip uh, Sarah and I took Uh, back when we were still dating, was uh, a trip to visit my sister in Italy. uh, She was studying abroad. It was the first trip we took in like, I think since we started Findlay, you know, we took 10 days off to do it. And either way, we ran into someone uh, from the UK, actually, who was wearing a Findlay hat. Wow. And uh, yeah, I took a picture with the guy and uh, was really excited about it. And then went and toured the Vatican that day and then posted on Reddit that evening. And it made the front page of Reddit... um, And our website did like, I want to say, it's been a minute now, but I want to say we had 60,000 views uh, that day, which I'm pretty sure was I think like half a year's worth of traffic for us or more. It's a crazy amount. And then we did like 28,000 in sales and it gave us a really cool opportunity to expand. Uh, it gave us, you know, capital to invest in a new embroidery machine. It, you know, obviously we reached thousands of new people and new customers. Um, so that was another little platform that that gave us a cool opportunity was just through a viral post on Reddit. Um, what made it viral? Um, you know, the I, 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 I've i been using Reddit for, for, I think like 11 years now and I have a pretty good understanding for how it, kind of how the hive mind there works. Um, I've had a, a, maybe five to 10 things get to the front page over the years. I know that's, you know, it's a weird metric to, ca- to care about or pay attention to, but, you know, it obviously it paid off there. But um, I think it made the front page because it was relatable. The story, it was in the, the pick subreddit and the, the poster was just like, I run a small hat company out of my garage in Portland, Oregon. I ran into someone on the other side of the planet wearing one of our hats. Pretty surreal feeling to say the least. Yeah, very and, emotional. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think people can relate to it and I think it, it had a, you know, a little bit of a story to it and it um yeah, it and it was just a simple snapshot of me and a guy standing in the Italian street and um but it it <laughs> and we still have customers to this day that that found us on that that uh from that one post. So that was that was probably one of the few major things that got us up there. Um but past that, I mean, talk, talk about actual stuff that, that got us anywhere past that. 2017, uh, we were having a bad year. We were behind our sales in 2016. And it was just, it was basically one of those things that was scary. You know, like we had, we had doubled in growth every year prior. And now we were seeing a year where we were behind. And that got really scary that we needed to do something. So, um, I start. You know, it, it became pretty clear that that social media advertising was what works for so many brands, and it's it's a huge thing. And I was aware of it, and we would have a little bit of a budget towards it, um, but not really in a smart, strategic way. Uh, so I dedicated a couple of weeks to learning. I took the Facebook Blueprint course, and I took two courses on Udemy, and then kind of regrouped, replanned, and, and started actually. Putting together an organized uh, social media advertising campaigns uh, that involve prospecting and retargeting, and you know, just a, a a better solution than what we've been doing in the past, and also scaled our our ad spend. And the the first couple weeks of actually strategically advertising back in twenty seventeen. Uh, i mean anyone that's been in the, you know the ad, the <laughs> ad manager world or you know knows the the glory days and i know i was late to it and it still was insane but i mean we had days where our our return was like a 15 plus return on ad spend like yeah. just ridiculous yeah. early on and then it 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 really you know it 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 mellowed out to more reasonable you know yeah. results pretty yeah. quick but it still for a long time we saw really strong results and the, the basics what worked for us was we just made uh, a new video that just super simple, fifty something seconds long. Maybe actually, I think the first ones were over a minute, um, but it just explained who we are, what we're all about, uh, and why people should care. Uh, it should, highlighted the hats, highlighted our features, highlighted our team, highlighted a little bit of our story, yeah. and just a simple. Upbeat video that has some cool shots in it, and then we 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 put that in front of a look-alike audience to purchasers who didn't already follow us and weren't mm-hmm. on our customer list. That was it, super simple, and that alone, uh, you know, brought in hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales. And that you know that that just one single campaign brought in you know, and that allowed us in. In uh, I think we started in June. We saw our daily orders go from like the low tens to over a hundred. Um, that gave us the opportunity to expand into the space, hire on new people to keep up with demand, uh, you know, and, um, yeah, so strategic Facebook advertising, once we actually started implementing it was, was the game changer for us, was the thing that really got us to the next level and, and helped us expand.
0: Super interesting. Do you still manage the Facebook ads accounts?
2: I do. I, uh, we've Whoa. worked with a couple different agencies. We've done a lot of different stuff, tried different things, but the, uh, the doing it myself has been the the best results. Uh, you know, We've wasted a lot of time, money, and energy with agencies that just it unfortunately didn't work out. Um, we still use one that helps us with retargeting and we're really happy with them. Um, Which,
0: who's, who's that? Is that Shoelace? Uh, so
2: shoelace. Shoelace, shoelace, yeah, yeah. shoelace. We've been using them for a while. And we actually... Uh, went back to them um because uh when one of the one of the agencies we were working with was basically they like hey our results aren 't as good because you 're not using us. Uh, for retargeting, so you need to stop using them for retargeting and start right. using us for retargeting. Mm-hmm. So we switched, and then they're you know they were not performing well at all, and uh, they were like hitting our break-even return on ad spend and <laughs> being like, yeah, pretty good results today. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah, but, but that, what's interesting is it was, you know, and, and this was last year and we were really trying to heavy with the, we, with the agencies. And, um, once we stopped working with agencies and we brought it back in house, we also were like, okay, let's stop the focus on trying to scale and just keep switch our focus just back to, excuse me, um, just, uh, sustaining where we're at right now, because last year we had a, you know, a down year. After 2018 being awesome, 19 was down again. And uh, so this year, we came into it with a completely new strategy that we're not just going to rely on spending more and getting more in sales. We also need to completely change up the strategy. So what we've done this year is we added a new premium mystery box to our website, which is I basically insane value. 100 bucks, you get three, three hats, a hoodie, a shirt, sunglasses, beanie, little wow. goodie bag yeah it's a it's a good amount of and free shipping too, so it's a good amount of stuff on there um so we add that uh and, you know like at higher average price means we can spend more to bring in a customer yeah. um, you know so even though the margins are a little bit worse on that one since it's so many items, we yeah. can spend more to acquire customers through it, and then the customer gets you know really good value you know that's part of the you know the offer is good there uh, so that's one, and the other thing is we started instead of doing seasonal launches like a launch for spring summer fall winter we um We also changed. uh, We also started adding weekly exclusive hats. So we would launch new hats every single week. Drops weekly drops. And that was huge. Yep. And uh, because we do so much production in house, it's easy for us to make twenty four of these, thirty six of these, hundred of those. Because it's we we have complete control over the process here, so we're able to do it end to end. um, And it's you know it's a pretty it puts us in a unique spot by having the production house because now you know we can offer more limited stuff more frequently. So. It, it basically to, to, to fix our advertising account. And obviously now it's a completely different ballgame with the uh, pandemic situation. Uh, but even b- before that, in a, in a normal circumstance, just being able to release something new every week, our return on ad spend was really, really strong uh, yeah. because people were, you know, they want to see the new stuff and people are interested yeah. in buying exclusive things. Uh, so that was a, a, a big game changer this year.
0: Yeah, very very interesting because um, what you did is you you hacked the product. You you you, you didn't say, oh, you know, let's try and look at it from a marketing standpoint. You're like, you know, what what are we doing, you know, um, operationally that can change, um, you know, the psychology of people, how people are going to receive it. So you're top of mind. In a very, you know, high frequency manner, where you know there'll be a group of people who want to, you know, so sort of see, you know, what the latest hats this week, and they'll come again and again and again, and you know that, you know, um, you build that momentum, and yeah, um, it's quite yeah, interesting. One hundred percent, you're right.
2: We, yeah, totally, totally. Cha- like on a psychological level, just changed, <laughs> you know, changed the strategy there for the approach, you know, for yeah. on that end. So. so,
0: so as as a business, what, what kind of gross margins are you? What, what are your gross margins like?
2: Uh, like 10 to 15% roughly. It kind of, it kind of varies because right now we've been like, we've been seeing such explosive growth, um, Mm. due to the pandemic and more people shopping online that we've been really, really reinvesting in our infrastructure here. Uh, so it's kind of, it's been a weird year in that our, uh, you know, our end of day, I guess our, sorry our, our gross margins are high. Our net margins are, are in the lower. Oh, sorry. Our yeah, gross, yeah, yeah. We're at like, sorry, sorry. Gross is in the, like the 70% or something. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, makes uh, sense, gross so. is pretty solid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Net yeah. brings it down into the, yeah, yeah. the net's yeah, like yeah. 10, 15 And that's, that's um, where
0: you want to like, be at the 7% mark, really. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Early early morning. He's just nice getting right. a little bit of caffeine. In. But <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're we're pretty solid on that end. But then our uh you know we because we have so much production in house, it's uh we have a pretty heavy uh um you know weekly payroll and you. We have benefits for our full-time employees. Um, you know, we we pay competitive rates for for what we do here. So it's, you know, we want to take care of our team because, you know, yeah. like we've we kind of grown back to that we care about our product. You know, if, if our team's not happy, if, uh, you know, our, our people that are making it aren't happy, they're not going to care about these little high detail things that, that matter. So, uh, we, you know, we try to have a really chill work environment. We try to, you know, we have... Uh, just a good spot. And I don't know if you could hear the little dogs running around, but it's a dog friendly yeah. work environment. We got, yeah. um, you know, a good, good fridge filled with snacks and anyone can request whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, got coffee on tap, you know, got a good mix of things in there. So I wanted to be a chill work environment uh, and, you know, happy employees for you know, that side of things. So, But it comes at the cost of, you know, that that adds some overhead, that pure e-commerce, like companies that don't do any production, that their only expenses are advertising, marketing, shipping, customer service, you know, like it definitely dips into our bottom line, just having a, you know, 15 employees to feed. (laughs)
0: It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first time customers. But once they've made the first purchase, how do you keep them coming back again? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubbies, Brooklinen, and Living Proof use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat customers or sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less dependent on third-party ads. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. It's free to get started, so visit klaviyo.com2x to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash 2X. But yeah, there's um, something very gratifying with that, especially if you know the um, yeah if the machine is you know um, working as efficiently as it should. Um, so, so yeah, it makes totally. sense. Um, yeah. Let's talk about community. Um, I've i I've I've, I've I've sort of you know got an understanding of your origin, your why, which is very powerful, um, and your initial growth and. Those key moments of growth that have you know changed the company. Now you're a very community focused brand. You have a Facebook group for um, customers that spent over is it five hundred or thousand dollars lifetime.
2: So it started. It started at the the entry to get in was you had to spend a five hundred uh, to uh, through lifetime with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the the barrier of entry has decreased mm-hmm. um, as the community's kind of evolved. Um, but yeah, it started being very like. You know, pretty heavy level to get in, and now it's. I think anyone that's spent over a hundred or has a couple hats, we let in.
0: Okay, so what's the DNA of a Finlay tribe member? Let's call them tribe Ooh. members. Um, what 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 would make them up, and how would you define them? I I know you can't broad <laughs> you can't broadstroke them, but you know, um, let's yeah. let's try and whittle it down to certain characteristics.
2: I think I think a, a really simple piece of it is uh, just just uh, friendly. Mm. Good individuals, I think yeah. that's a simple way to 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 broad stroke the situation with our our community in there because it is well there's a few people who are kind of gatekeepers there's a few people who are kind of snooty about their collection and and who has what or who got what, and you know you'll find that in any community I think as a whole it's filled with just good people who you know like we again our branding is so strongly built around good times I think it it's it attracts the people that have that like positive mental attitude. Um, so you'll see like an abundance of support for people that might be going through a hard time. And they will kind of even use our group for an off-topic chat about like something, a struggle that they're dealing with or a problem. So it's, you know, like, to talk about community, it isn't just pure on the hats end. It's, you know, there's, there actually is depth to it. Um, and I think a lot of the the common things I see ac- across that is that it's just friendly positive people in that group. Um, and it's, it's all walks of life. It's really a, a really good mix of, you know, ex, uh, people who do extreme sports and people who do hike and people who don't do anything at all, who are gamers. And uh, okay. Okay. It's, it's, again, we talk about, I, I mentioned in the the pre-show that um, you know, our, our, we don't necessarily want to be pigeonholed as just a skate brand, just a snowboard brand, just a surf brand or anything like that. We want to be a brand built for good times and people who enjoy those good times or having good times. Um, so you go to our Instagram page and, you know, a couple posts back, there's a picture of a whole baseball team wearing our hats. And you go a few posts before yeah. that and it's a skate, a skate, our, our, our skate team. Um, and those are two like historically very different groups of people, different communities, different uh, networks, whatever. So, uh, you know, we're trying to bridge that gap and not necessarily be just for one demographic. And I think to simplify that, it, I think it's just people who, you know, we want good people rocking Finley.
0: Fantastic. 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 And you, you, talked about conversations. Um, it's, and this is a personal question because I do have a Facebook group and I, I, I find it challenging sometimes, you know, maintaining engagement. So this is a very selfish question. Um, <laughs> how do you keep engagement? How do you, as, as a moderator of a group, how do you, you know, um, just ensure that um, you know, people are having the conversations you probably want to see or, you know, people are interested in congregating in in your space. What what do you do? <laughs> do you
2: post regularly and um so I mean I, we do post regularly and I think it's important on so you know we're doing it from the branding perspective so we're, mm-hmm. we'll go in there and we'll post teasers we'll post questions we'll post uh, flashback photos or things that we find that they might be interested in mm-hmm. uh, we post exclusive content we'll do you know we do the weekly drops but occasionally we just do like a one of one drop um, and we'll announce it just to them um, or do like a, a you know a contest to get that hat within there so we we definitely uh, aid in the engagement and aid in the the group uh, conversation and 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 provide you know valuable interesting on topic content for them uh, but at the same time it's definitely evolved to the point where I could go a week without touching it and it would still have a similar amount of active members in their. It's very... Every time someone gets a new order, they post a picture of it and it starts a discussion on it. Every time someone gets a new trade, they thank the person for the trade. Um, it's, it's a surprisingly active community without our life support, um, without our extra effort or energy or anything at all. Um, and I think that's... Uh, uh, it's a really cool feeling to, to do that. Um, or to, to have it at that stage where it is self-sustaining. Um, and obviously we can help, you know, aid it to be better and aid that conversation in a way that benefits us, uh, from, you know, any handful of, of perspectives. Um, but I mean, at least at this point, you know, we can, we can add to it and help it improve, but it it, it is to a, a fairly self-sustainable or self-sustaining, uh, group. And, uh, It just, it got there just through slowly building, slowly bringing on the right people. We've only had to remove a few, um, that had bad attitudes. We had one person who scammed a few people in there. Um, we've had, uh, you know, a few, a a few little tiffs, little, little drama, but by and large, I think it's been a pretty positive impact and, and positive group all around. Um, we have, you know, pretty strict moderation in there as far as like rules, uh, there's some rules like you know, you can't post a thread uh, just on like just wanting to trade or you can't post a thread of like an idea just because everyone in that group over a thousand people has an idea that would probably sell well for us you know like but Mm -hmm. we're not looking for outside ideas Mm -hmm. every single person has a good idea that would help our brand or do something but we'd rather steer it in the direction of like hey we have an idea what do you think we could do to make our idea better Uh, and then you run into the drama you know we've had this happen where someone's like hey you should make a hat that, that has this design on it and then it's like we independently you know it's like a fish or some low hanging obviously We'll do something with that at some point. And then, you know, two years later we make it like, that was my idea. You stole my idea. <laughs> so you have to be really careful about, yeah. about that too, because you know, people will, will come after you for unsolicited ideas that we might've independently had or yeah. So we just kind of either way. So we have some strict moderation that helps it as well.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. And yeah, that control is, is very important. Um, So if, you were to so going back to the facebook advertising question i had um given the fact that you're you're, you're hands on with with facebook advertising if you were to whittle it down to one two maybe three principles what are the most important elements towards actually you know maintaining a facebook advertising campaign
2: um awesome happy you said three Um, the dog brigade has arrived. Um, so super simple. This isn't my philosophy. This is definitely stolen from a handful of, uh, marketers, advertisers, just random stuff over the years, but it's, it's definitely true. Um, need to have strong content. It needs to be interesting. It needs to be engaging. It needs to stop the scroll. It needs to catch someone's attention, whatever the content needs to be, you know, Good, and that doesn't mean it needs to be professional. You know, like I'm sure you know you've seen good results on both ends of shot on an iPhone, shot on an expensive you know digital camera, professional video production, filmed on you know a GoPro, whatever. So it, it, it that does the quality of it can vary, but it as far as like the actual production value, but the interest, the engagement, the whatever, whatever uh, stops and catches the person's attention is what's important about it. So some type of content that stands out, uh, you know, it can be from a flashy color to a high action shot to, uh, uh, someone an attractive person or whatever will stop the scroll through there or a good product. Uh, we, we definitely rely heavily on just the product alone for a lot of our stuff and see good results with it. But, um, you need, some, you need a strong content and that can vary. Uh, so that's one piece. Two, you need to be putting that... Uh, well, uh, no, that's the third one. Uh, two, the um, uh, offer needs to be good. So there needs to be some type of strong call to call to action. The offer itself needs to be, uh, you know, like too good to say no to. Or especially, this is, you know, I guess from a prospecting perspective, but a good reason or finding new customers, a good reason to give your brand a shot. um, A strong selling point, a strong sales pitch, um, just something again where the 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 offer makes sense and is appealing to the person. Because again, if it's like overpriced, if it's just like. Why would I want that? You know, what's the benefit for me? You know, like whatever. And, and again, this goes whole into copywriting. Like you want to sell the, you know, people on the emotion, yeah. not the actual product itself or whatever. So there's that's a whole topic, you know, a whole you know thing to learn on just copywriting and, and what you're actually selling or what you're actually offering. Um, but so strong offer, um, strong content, and then uh, put in front of the right audience. Um, so making sure that you know it's actually targeted to people that are it's relevant to you know putting our our hats uh, in front of, you know, a 70 plus, you know, group of knitters, you know, are, it probably wouldn't sell as well as if we did it in, you know, a group of 20 to 25 year olds who follow this, you know, whatever symbol sport. So I put it to having a, a, a targeted audience. Uh, we found a lot of success with lookalike audiences. Um, but we've also found success with just more general broad tar- or advertising, uh, or sorry, general audiences uh based on interests uh facebook's algorithm obviously is 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 really good at things so we've we've also seen success with extremely wide um like audiences as well except um i feel like the results do vary and will be hot and more hot and cold than a more um uh, selected audience yeah um you know so i think i think those are the the main three pieces and then obviously within each of those there's there's additional stuff but i think yeah, yeah. strong offer strong content to the right audience i think those are the the three that if you you at least start with that, that at that point um you know it should be you know you're you're setting yourself up for success, but uh, you know another another complete. You know, I I a lot of my friends talk to me about social media advertising, and you know you can have all of this stuff on point, and then your website, if it's not a high converting website, if it has problems, if it has you know just hang ups, or it doesn't look good, or doesn't bring trust, or show social proof, or your landing page is garbage, you know your website also has to be really really good. So I mean, yeah. I think I think even with those three, you. St- you need to have the proper you know funnel and proper website to, to make that happen.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And then um, a quick one on actually let's ask the same question around community building. So what three core tenants do you think you know will um, help any brand looking to to, to, to to not just rapidly but effectively build a, a community of um, enthusiastic fans, collectors like you guys? And, um, yeah, and just, you know, enthusiastic people who are willing to be advocators of the brand.
2: Wow. Um, ah, that, I mean, three... Let's see. I think having a genuine care for the the people and actually... Uh, I mean, it, it, like what, what to whatever degree that means, but but not just being fake, not just being like cool. Thanks for the comment, but actually, you know, really trying to like find a way to relate to the person and just you know discuss something that they're passionate about. Because and I learned this through photography. This is a photo trick that if you're ta- I, I took a lot of photos of senior portraits. I don't know if that's a thing in the UK or not, but yep. you know, uh, I would take pictures of students in high school before they graduate for their parents for the yearbook, whatever. Um, and so I'd be taking photos of people that weren't comfortable in front of a camera and a way to get someone comfortable in front of a camera, especially a stranger, someone you don't know, is to find out what they're passionate about or what they like and Mm -hmm. start asking questions about that. Um, and when you you can when you can relate to someone on something that they're passionate about or something that they're into, like a, a little spark will come out of them. A little bit of you can see as you can, and obviously it's varies person to person. But a lot of times you can you know they'll feel a little bit more relaxed when they're talking about you know their horse or whatever they enjoy because that's something they're comfortable about or yeah. they're comfortable with. And then yeah. that comfort reflects or reflects in their body language. That comfort reflects in their face. The photos show a comfortable subject. So put that into the marketing world, if you're able to directly relate with someone who, uh, you know, is really into four wheeling or whatever, you can, you know, be like, Oh man, those trails look really cool. Where did, you know, What's one of your favorite backwoods areas to go to? Or, you know, like just talk to them about something that they're clearly into. And what that does is now when they, they engage with the brand, they're not just engaging with a company, but they're also connecting us mentally with that positive ad, that positive uh, memory of their, yeah. uh, you know, passion or sport or whatever. Um, so, I mean, just a lot of those little things, I think, really help build that genuine connection because it's it's not just a brand and saying, cool bike. It's, oh man, a Kawasaki. Like my cousin had one one of those, I've lost my finger on it, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that that's a little piece of it. Just actually trying to go above and beyond the communication. And again, we spend probably twenty to forty hours a week uh, between the two of us. Our, our head of customer service who helps with our social media marketing and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, between just just doing that type of direct communication with that. So I think that's one piece of the community building. Um, And then I think just on the customer service end, we haven't really touched on this, but we really take pride in having superior customer service. Um, We'll pretty much you know, we'll fix any hat if there's any issues, full refund if anyone is not fully satisfied, free shipping, Uh, you know, try to always do whatever we can to go above and beyond. If we mess something up, we send store credit, we send a free hat, we send this, we, you know, so we we always basically, um, you know, we'll do whatever we can to fix the solution. So we don't have a lot of people out there that have a bad memory with us. And typically, if someone has a bad experience with us, which we've, you know, we we definitely make mistakes when it comes to shipping, when it comes to whatever, Um, but their memory with that interaction isn't just, okay, Finley sent me the wrong hat. It's Finley sent me the wrong hat and then they went above and beyond and sent me uh, the hat I wanted plus a discount code or and let me keep the wrong hat, you know, or whatever. And it's it's not, you know, it's not like that crazy, but making sure every... Person that has an interaction with our brand has a positive, neutral to positive experience. You know, we have a very few actual bad experiences, and generally that's a person that couldn't have been happy, anyways. Uh, So we really try on the the customer service end to make sure that everyone has a positive experience with our brand, and that kind of reflects outward because now we have the social proof, now we have the word of mouth, now we have the feedback on our website, now we have someone who comments on our post saying, Hey, I love, I just got this mystery box, I'm so excited to order another one, you know, and then that, that expands outward. And, you know, like for, I think it's, I forget what the rule on the internet is but it's like 98 whatever percent of people don't actually comment don't actually engage don't actually do anything but they read the posts so we have so many people through the social proof that are saying all this positive stuff and um you know that that is being seen by a lot of people even though they're not necessarily commenting um yeah, so yeah. that's it. and then third third of those would be so customer service being one, uh, actually caring about the customers the other, but then also just having a strong product. Um, we talk about how our, our our hats actually have features that no other hats have. We have a, the warranty, we have the lace, we have the pocket, um, we have unique designs, we have a brand that is identifiable that we're you know obviously still trying to grow. Um, and, you know, get to a point where it is a global brand, where it is, you know, I want to go to downtown Portland and every day see one of our hats right now. It's like maybe yeah. one out of four times I'll see someone wearing our hat. Maybe if I'm lucky. Um, so you know, we're trying to grow the branding of it, but so that's another piece of it too. That it kind of the 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 branding aspect of it is another, or the product aspect of it is another piece that kind of brings it all in. Because without the strong product, without something people are proud to wear, without something people want to trade or or show off or, or make them feel comfortable or make them feel cool or make them feel whatever emotions they tie with our brand, um, I think it, the, the the two other ones would crumble because they when You know, the the product needs to be strong as well, and that's what we learned through our advertising this year is that you know even we didn't change our advertising strategy. we didn't add a new video or photo. We spent 15,000 dollars last year on some video campaigns that turned out amazing, and I, I don't think the return on those has been as high as our simple old video that you know is, is, is poorly not poorly filmed, but not you know at that production. Not
0: professionally exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly, and same with and and just simple photos of two hats. Someone holding two hats outperforms any of those high budget, high production videos. So you know, this this year we, we haven't changed the product. We haven't changed our community approach. Uh, you know, we haven't changed our customer service. Uh, um, all, sorry, we actually did change the product. We the only thing we did change was we started offering more frequent products and that side of things. So you know, they that was a missing to it by by having a, uh, more frequent launches helped all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, those are like very solid points, you know, genuine care for your customer, um, superior customer service, and then a strong product. A strong product reminds me of what Warren Buffett says about, you know, moats, a moat product, you know, where, um, you know, you have that competitive advantage, and then your, you know, your margins, your gross margins are also really, you know, quite quite nice at seventy percent. So you're you're able to, sort of, you know, double down. Another question I had, which I hadn't even asked earlier, was like international. You talked about the fact that you met, um, you know, a, a, a British person at um, at the Vatican in Europe, all the way in Europe. Um, do you sell internationally, um, and um, are you sort of making a push internationally? If you do,
2: um, so. Most of our focus is on north america mm-hmm. um we we did have a distributor in the u k mm-hmm. um and it didn't it it just didn 't take off it did, the focus wasn 't there i think and I, it was kind of it, either way so we've we've looked into it we've had a little bit of distribution in Sweden we had a little bit of distribution in peru um and then our biggest one would be actually Australia and Australia is still active of the four outside mm-hmm. distribution channels mm-hmm. um And we're definitely. It's always been United States, Canada, Australia have been our our three biggest uh, hubs. With United States being ninety eight percent of the sales, maybe ninety five now, but I don't know. Um, But so we're interested in, in, in in growing globally. But the issue, maybe not the issue, but the challenge is, you know, we're still trying to be the hometown hero, right? We're still trying to be that. Just reach a national scale domestically. And the effort to build a brand bring it uh, you know to a new country is has been surprisingly challenging uh, you know, as you can see that three of our four attempted distribution networks have failed at it um, and that's because the strategy that's got us to where we are today I mean I've been working 80 hour a week since 2013 like you know it's not it hasn't been easy uh, yeah. you know it, it has not been it's it's not brand building is is a challenge and i don't think the people that s- tried in the other three of the four places were were committed to actually putting the energy focus time energy to uh, growing in those areas uh, with the exception being our Australian dis- distributor and even then he still got other projects and
0: so, so, so why do you think Australia's works as compared to the others um, besides the people besides the the actual you know um, you know managers or um, you know distributors you were selective.
2: I mean, I think it, it works because the, the audience was already there. We already do have a, a small group of collectors in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, you know, we have been shipping there from day one, whereas the other ones, you know, there is no presence in Peru, no presence in Sweden, very small presence in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a piece of it. And, uh, you know, our... our uh, um, Australian distributor has, has definitely gone the extra mile. He flew out here. We it's just one person. It's a single person operation handling mm-hmm. you know our entire company there, and all all he does is is ship and handle warranty stuff there. Uh, so he has inventory to ships it out. So it's a pretty simple. Okay. Low, okay, you know, okay. So nothing. you you, sh-
0: you ship inventory to him uh, to his company, and and they basically reship to any Australian orders they have. So it's domestic shipping.
2: Yeah, exactly. Except it's still a separate entity. Uh, oh, okay. So it's not, it's, it's Finley, Australia. Um, it's yeah. So it's, it's, but it's a completely separate entity there. They have their own customer service. They have their mm-hmm. own channel. They do everything there. Uh, but it's, it's definitely not polished and not to the stage we need it to be or want yeah. it to be, but okay. um, it's, it's doing okay for, for where it's at. Um, so so yeah, that- It's just a challenge. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that mean I can't order in the UK? I can't order. You can. Order a fin- okay. We do
2: ship. We do ship worldwide, and That's we nasty. kind of we recently um, tightened our uh, restrictions for some countries. We got hit with a lot of scammers okay, um, using fraudulent cards. So we, mm. for a little bit, we did restrict um, a handful of outside countries. But most of Europe's good. handful of Asian countries good. South Pacific, like there's. Um, yeah, it's not too restricted now. But for a long time, it was we'd ship anywhere in the world. But then once, you know, a couple thousand... In, you
0: uh, learn and back. then you, yeah. yeah, th- yeah. A couple thousand,
2: go. Okay. Yeah, and we, we, the thing is, so again, they pay for expedited shipping. So, you know, Shopify will notify you when you get a... uh will notify you, but your dashboard will say, hey, there's a, some, some, some sketchy orders. Yeah, exactly, uh, but yeah. when they order at 2 a.m. and they pay for expedited shipping and our production team comes in at 9 and processes those there's, they don't, you know, they're not, none of our systems are saying, Hey, check for fraudulent orders. Their, their system is print the, 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 the priority it's orders. Exactly. Um, yeah. So now we have a, we have a new app that, that catches anytime that one comes through, it'll email me directly. And, um, uh, so if I, I now will catch it and have the option to delete it before the shipping team sends it out. So, but again, yeah, we got hit with a, a couple thousand in fraudulent charges that just, you know, flew under our radar and, Uh, You know, looking at it, it was like, oh yeah, nope, for sure that's fraud. Like if we would have caught it or we would have seen the the warning before it shipped, we would have known, but yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. Okay, um, this has been a pretty solid conversation, I have to say, you know, um, especially towards the end. Um, Right, you have earned your rights to come into our lightning round. It is pretty much uh, me asking you five questions and um, if you could use a single sentence to answer each of them, you know, you, you, you'll you make it.
2: Right. Okay, I'll try my best not to ramble. I got this. <laughs> Ready when you are. Okay, one more all sip right. of my Yerba Mate. I need, all, need right. all the energy I can get. Fantastic. Let's go. Okay, what advice would you give to yourself five years ago? Learn about Facebook advertising now.
0: Well, okay. Are you a morning yeah. person?
2: <laughs> no. Hard no. okay.
0: Yet, what does your daily morning routine look like?
2: <laughs> today's can I can I do an expansion on this one? Because today's morning routine was wake up at wake up at nine eighteen, look at my phone and see I have a podcast at nine thirty that I wasn't notified about the night before, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then scurry to get in motion. Um, my bad, there. I'd like to apologize. No, um, <laughs> we, but, we had our an um, Cool. Yeah, my, my my typical morning is pretty laid back. I wake up between eight and nine thirty. Um, take the dogs out. Uh, if I'm at my girlfriend's house, she usually has some coffee left over. She's already left for work. I drink some coffee. Um, play on Reddit for a little bit, and get in motion. Head head to the warehouse. Um, that's average. A uh, perfect morning would be I'm at, at my house. Wake up uh 7 a.m. Go to I have a gym in my one of my roommates is a personal trainer. So there's a, a really nice gym in my garage that used to be the Findlay warehouse or Findlay Garage. Wow. Hit the gym. Uh we have a float tank, like a sensory deprivation tank in the living or a dining room. Okay. So hit the gym, shower, hop in the float tank for 45 minutes hop out of the float tank. My same roommate that has the, that's a personal trainer has an infrared sauna in his room, hop in the infrared sauna, <laughs> get out, um, and then take another shower, then take the dogs for a walk at this nice park by my house, okay. and then head into the warehouse and drink my coffee. Um, I've done that routine once.
0: That sounds nice. That sounds really, really <laughs> nice. Uh, Self care.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one day, right. one day where I yeah. did the all, all of those things was beautiful. And I, I sometimes my mornings will consist of one or two of those options, but rarely yeah, all of them. Uh, but for me, no, no, I, I, no, I make my bed. I do make my bed every morning. That's about it when it comes to having a, a morning routine. Well, Regimented mm-hmm. routine and mm-hmm. uh, i 've tried it. I used to wake up at four forty five to lift weights you know i 've done i 've done done it all as far as like morning routines i 've done more reasonable wake ups at seven and it's just i 'm a night owl. I naturally go to bed between midnight and three a m and I just I also if I'm working late I my best my peak productivity is when everyone's outside the warehouse and gone and it's just me in here so you know I've I've just learned over the years that that's just I naturally gravitate towards you know being you know working through the evenings and, and that side of things so um, exactly. I think there's no shame in in that if it works for you um, exactly. there's plenty of You know those. I I follow. You know, a lot of my friends in the business world have the beautiful protein shakes and perfect yoga mornings and meditation, and and that's just never been for me. And I I still perform. So, you know, maybe not to their level, but I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. What two things can't you live without? Mm.
2: My dogs, caffeine.
0: Okay, cool. Um, what are your three indispensable tools for managing your business?
2: Uh, I mean, so I guess uh, Shopify does that. That yep. count is that. Yeah, that, that yep. encompasses yep. everything through it's, Shopify.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. yeah. Okay, so Shopify. Uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, yeah. For customer yeah. service. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess. Facebook because that would and cover Facebook, Facebook advertising. Yeah. That would cover our group. Yeah. That would cover our, our campaign yeah. and then Facebook owns Instagram. So it also covers fun. Instagram. So cool. Yeah. 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 There we go. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, the third one would also, our fourth one, little bonus answer would be ship station. Is uh, that for all of our shipping stuff? And it would be, I mean, it, it's just, it's a great solution and we've been using it from no. like day one and it no. helps, you know, get uh, out the door.
0: I've had them on the show. Uh, Final question. What's been your best mistake to date? I mean, a setback that has given you the best feedback. Oh,
2: man. Everybody gets that reaction. Cool cool question. Wow. Um, uh, Okay. (laughs) Just a second. I want to make sure I give this answer justice because there's been so many mistakes on the road. Um, Okay. 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 This, This ties in answer number one. Um, maybe two, I forget which, Which either one, which one was the, what would you give your advice five years ago? Start boy. Facebook advertising. Because yeah. we didn't start Facebook advertising until 2017, I consider that a mistake because we could have grown a lot with smart, strategic Facebook ads. Mm. But, because we didn't do that, we were forced to try to learn how to grow organically. We were forced to build the community. We were forced into like this, you know, situation that we couldn't use Facebook as a crutch to grow. So I think the mistake of not properly, you know, understanding Facebook ads, other than losing probably a couple thousand dollars over the years. I know our budget each day was low. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, that mistake really helped us build a stronger brand as a whole. So, uh, that's yeah. that's, right that's,
0: that a, that's a fantastic answer. That's a fantastic yes. answer, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, it's been an absolute pleasure you know having you on the show um yeah it, it really really went well um, I enjoyed you you're a genuine down to earth person you're building something that's that's a legacy to to you your name and um, yeah it's 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 amazing um, I might as well become a customer um yeah absolutely absolutely so um for people who want to follow you are you active yourself on um, on on social media do you Offer advice, or um, do you 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 on Twitter, you know, social media? How how best can people follow you on social media, or would you just prefer them to follow Finley
2: Hats? So yeah, for sure, follow Finley because uh, if you're into hats, into good times, like it makes sense that we'd probably be a good fit for you. But as far as personally, uh, I use my personal Instagram from time to time, not my personal in- or, uh, Twitter. Or really LinkedIn, but I am always happy to help anyone that has any questions. Anything I can do to expand on what we went over today. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. My personal direct email that I've opened up on my other monitor right here all day, every day is Jimmy. That's J-I-M-M-Y at Findleyhats.com, F-I-N-D-L-A-Y-H-A-T-S dot com. Um, I'm more than happy to expand. I'm more than happy to, you know, share, you know, it's community, not competition. Uh, unless you're in the headwear space, then you can just (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 no, i'm just kidding i'm happy yeah, i'm yeah, totally yeah. happy to no, totally funny. happy to help anyone in any space although funny i did help a local company and uh they like sell really cool products that you know they have hats as one of their options but they sell a bunch of other random products too i okay. thought they'd they'd use the facebook advertising skill set i told them to push their other stuff they've been pushing hats so hard <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of funny it's like no no what are you doing so, you know, I'm, no happy, I mean, I'm I, I, I am happy to help anyone that has any questions. And uh, also, like when I say don't hesitate to re- reach out, I'm serious. Uh, I don't get a lot of emails from people with questions from podcasts I do. And uh, so, yeah, more than happy to expand. Um, any questions, send them my way. And yeah, you can find the, the company account on just Finley Hats on Instagram and on Facebook.
0: Well, finleyhats.com.
2: We'll link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Cheers. Heck yeah, thank you for having me and uh, take care and stay cool out there. Thanks for listening
1: to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.